Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, editor of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, as part of our Women in EHS Week activities, I talked to Jade Brainerd, product director at KPA, about understanding safety data. Thanks to KPA for sponsoring this episode. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Jade Brainerd, product director at KPA. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Jay. Um, Glad to be here. Yeah, and we're going to talk about... Uh, Lagging and leading indicators, but um, before we do that, I wanted you to wanted to ask you a little bit to, about yourself and what you do with KPA. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my name is Jade Brainerd. I am the product director at KPA, um, specifically specializing in our um, EHS software that we uh, provide to um, all markets, but mainly construction, oil and gas, manufacturing, etc. Um, I've been with KPA a little over 14 years and I've spent that time just learning all the things that are to know about EHS, kind of understanding the life of an EHS professional and how we can develop products that solve problems for their day-to-day business. Great. So let's talk about data uh, and sort of specifically, uh, let's, I guess, let's get into right off uh, lagging indicators. What are they and how are they used? Yeah, so the so lagging indicators are, are really a, a really important element um, to an organization and how they might measure EHS performance um, because they represent really what's the undeniable truth. Um, there's nothing you can do to change the outcomes of a lagging indicator because it's already occurred. Um, the lagging indicator is, is by definition, it's final when you're reviewing it. So. They provide an organization and an EHS professional a really concrete measurement of performance. Um, so probably the most common lagging indicator um, that's used to measure safety performance are the incidents that occur. So when you know someone is injured on the job, um, but it could be property damage, it could be auto damage, it could be environmental exposures if we think about the, the full spectrum of EHS. But while we can't prevent this incident because it's always already occurred, we can use the information about a lagging indicator to investigate, um, learn from these events. Um, oftentimes that kind of formal process is referred to as a root cause analysis. Right. And that investigative process helps us identify things that we could have done better um, corrective and preventative actions that we could implement um, in our organization that could help us mitigate this risk in the future. So we want, we want, you know, we don't want this to happen again, obviously. So what can we do better to prevent this? Is it, is it training that we need for our team? Is it new procedures? Um, is there some equipment that we're missing or, or you know, safety um, tools? Um, but how can we prevent this? incident from occurring in the future. That's really what our lagging indicators are and, and what they teach us. And on the other hand, what are leading indicators and how are they used? Yeah, so leading indicators is, um, is a lot more interesting of a data point. It's a lot more difficult to measure, but mm -hmm. if measured properly, they can be an organization's um, crystal ball in a sense. So they provide some sort of like forward-looking view to the road ahead. So you imagine we're, we're, we're sitting in a vehicle and we're, we're looking in our rear view mirror. Those are our lagging indicators, but 
what's ahead of us, what we're looking forward at, those are our leading indicators. I think I said that wrong. Lagging indicators is our, is our rear view mirror look. But when we're thinking about specific data points, um, oftentimes with a leading indicator, we're capturing behavioral trends. So it's, it's not something that's actually happened, but what can we understand about what's going on in just the everyday business um, that could help predict or um, get, give us some proactive indicators and activities to help us prevent those lagging indicators uh, from, from occurring. So there's some really valuable insights um, that we can learn from, from leading indicators. Um, so when EHS professionals are sort of, you know, analyzing this data, um, you know, how, mm -hmm. how, how should they sort of, uh, I guess, when should they kind of go to one versus the other? Uh, you know, what are sort of the, uh, what, what are your sort of recommendations in terms of, you know, looking at lagging versus looking at leading in, in sort of how they, how that works together? Yeah, absolutely. So our, you know, we can't forget about our lagging indicators, obviously. Um, our lagging indicators are, are really the, the measurement of, um, of, of our, our leading indicators and, and our reaction to them. So if we, um, you know, just think about how, you know, how are we measuring our EHS performance? Well, obviously the, the incidents that are occurring are in our business give us that good um, assessment or benchmark. And we want to see those, those counts of things going down. But if we're, if we're really um, digging in and, and um, working on our prevention at, um, efforts, we're focusing on those leading indicators. And so we're starting to measure things like um, observations in the workplace, um, some um, hazards that um, are, are recognized through common activities. So when we're doing our regularly scheduled inspections, um, we are recognizing hazards in the workplace so that we can start to really migrate our business, migrate our safety efforts from this reactive state, which that's really the state we're in when we are reporting an incident has happened, we're reacting to that activity, we are um, um, analyzing what our, our next steps are and, and doing our investigation. But when we're focusing on those leading indicators, that's when we can migrate from reactive to a proactive and even a, a predictive standpoint. So um, we, can, we can start to identify, okay, you know, maybe we're recognizing in that inspection a trend of um, you know, missing our personal protective equipment, people aren't wearing their hard hats. That could be a data point that maybe otherwise goes unnoticed, but when we look at it as a whole, we can recognize and respond to those issues before something has occurred. So the, analyzing both is, is incredibly important. And when we do it appropriately, we can start to look at our organization below the surface. Um, and those leading indicators will help us truly understand where our employees, our consumers, our community um, is exposed and can lead us to become even predictive in our activities to reduce and hopefully even eliminate risk wherever it's possible. Um, do you feel that uh, safety professionals do a, a good enough job of analyzing leading indicators or is that something that we still need to work on? Yeah, so I think it's, it's often said that um, many EHS professionals are still placing too much weight on lagging indicators. Um, they're often referred to as metrics that are that are more failure focused. 
um, which, which those have often proven ineffective in promoting the continuous safety improvements because it's a reactive metric, right? It's not, we're not really learning anything from it. Uh, we're not understanding the behaviors that led to this particular instance. So um, what we really need to focus on are those behaviors that drive change. Um, every safety professional is familiar with the, the, the safety pyramid. Um, and there's one, and there's a lot of schools of thought around sort of the, the, the counts and, and what leads to what. But you know, you think about what's at the bottom of our safety pyramid, and that's that's our unsafe acts, our unsafe behaviors. Above that, we have our near misses, our minor injuries, our lost times, and then at the very top, our fatalities. But by focusing at the very bottom of that safety pyramid, so those unsafe acts, those unsafe behaviors. If that becomes the core of our focus, we can in turn prevent the top of the safety pyramid and that's those fatalities, those lost time, those serious injuries um, that really impact our, our bottom line, our day-to-day, -day, our culture across the business. Um, it's kind of an interesting story. I have one customer I was working with recently who's a, a national safety or a national electrical contractor and they recently shared an example of a leading indicator, a very specific leading indicator that they plan to measure in 2022. Um, and that's through participation in the safety program. Mm -hmm. And because you know, we all know you can't keep your workforce safe unless they're educated, informed, and willing to adhere to the protocols. So what they're doing is um, they're implementing this tool called question of the day, where Every day, there's a different question asked across the business, um, across many different locations, and they're using this question as just a single question to quickly and efficiently measure comprehension. But what they're going to do first is just measure participation. So it doesn't matter the score or the, um, you know, um, how, how did they get them correct, but they're going to do some comparisons of branch to branch of how much time it takes to answer the question and how many questions were actually answered. So that's going to gauge participation levels just to give them a focus on, okay, these behaviors, which are, which of our branches are most adapt to um, and willing to adhere to our safety protocols and maybe where do we need a little bit more focus Then down the road, they can focus a little bit more on comprehension and scores. But I just thought that was an interesting point of, you know, your, your, your leading indicators can be, can be really simple. Um, you can start with something easy that just helps you measure behavior um, and overall um, attitude towards the safety program. Yeah, that's interesting. So what do you do if, um, you know, you have a branch that has a low participation rate? You know, what kinds of things can you do to turn that around? Yeah, so, I mean... It all, it all starts at the top, right? So any effective safety program um, is going to require the, the leadership commitment. Mm -hmm. um, so it might be working with those supervisors directly, um, you know, getting getting their buy-in, um, their, their understanding of the value of the program. I know with this customer in particular, um, their locations are, are really competitive um, and they, they kind of gamify it a little bit. And, and you know, we'll kind of share those scores of, um, you know, who's, who's uh, really have, has a high participation score in that question of the day. So with every organization, I think it's going to be a little bit di different as far as um, how you how you drive that and um, what, um, you know, what, what will motivate individuals to participate. 
But um, in their their case, I thought that was an interesting that they make it a little bit competitive, um, and um, that that can definitely work. Um, uh, we have a lot of competitive people in in your organization that can be um, a really interesting way to get those involved. Hmm. Um, you also mentioned uh, you know near misses and tracking those. Um, how important are, are sort of near misses to you know sort of I guess. Uh, having accurate leading indicators and, and, you know, kind of, uh, preventing, uh, incidents in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, our, our near misses are, um, I guess, a, could be a, a higher, a higher risk, um, um, as a leading indicator than, than maybe an unsafe act or behavior. You kind of think about particular events, um, in an organization, even, you know, as an example, a forklift, so let's say someone's driving the forklift, um, for, they're backing up the forklift, but, you know, they're not using their rearview mirrors or, or the, um, you know, the, the signal's not working and informing individuals that the forklift is backing up. That's what we would classify as an unsafe fact or unsafe, unsafe behavior, whereas it's definitely, it's not going to go reported. Nobody's going to remember that. Um, whereas a near miss in that situation might be forklift backing up and, and somebody jumps out of the way just in time. Um, that's something is that the people are going to remember. Um, it's an activity that could have certainly um, contributed to a more serious incident um, and certainly something that can go reported. I think those unsafe acts and unha- unsafe behaviors are a little bit more difficult to um, to measure and to communicate. Uh, but near miss, certainly, um, you know, without a doubt, we can all recognize this had the potential to lead to a serious incident something that needs to be reported so that we can pinpoint it. And the key is constant um, and frequent reporting um, um, across the business so that we can use those near misses as um, 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 learning opportunity. And and I guess, you know, having a policy for near misses is important too, right? Just to sort of make sure that everybody's kind of paying attention and reporting those uh, when they happen. Absolutely. So, you know, and that kind of goes back to um, creating this culture of safety. So um, sometimes uh, when, when there's not the culture of um, uh, participation or, or encouraged frequency of reporting, it can create this false sense of security that, you know, um, if, I, if I'm driving down the road and, and I'm not wearing my seatbelt, is it, is it likely something that is going to happen to me? You know, probably not. But um, is that something that we should report on? Because we know that if, if we were to get into an accident, it is, it is likely that this is going to be a serious outcome. So it's really creating that culture within the organization of encouraged reporting um, so that we can recognize where these issues are um, before something happens. Um, we know that, you know, within, you know, within a second, that near miss could have contributed to a serious accident and runs into, you know, a wall of, of, of materials, knocks mm-hmm. things over, uh, runs into an individual, um, could certainly contribute to a serious accident, but it's the, that encouraged reporting that's the most difficult to implement, but can have the biggest impact um, a- across the business in prevention. And um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about uh, job safety analysis and how that can be used to capture leading indicators. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, our job safety analysis are, you know, evaluating um, the, the hazards or the risks that are uh, present within 
a, a job or a task before we even begin. So um, a JSA um, is in and of itself a prevention effort. So if we can go through and we can analyze, okay, for this particular activity, let's do a risk assessment. Let's have a conversation about what could maybe happen. Um, it gets the organization on the right frame of mind of understanding, okay, this is uh, this, this is my responsibility. This is the job that I'm going to complete. It's my responsibility to be aware of the hazards that are present. So let's identify those. Let's communicate those. Let's uh, create a plan of how to properly complete this task in the safest way possible. Um, I think that JSA is a great way to begin that culture of safety of reporting that um, it's, it's everyone's responsibility. It's everyone's responsibility to recognize um, the risks that are present so they can go home safely to their, to their families at the end of the day. And how important are training reports uh, when you're looking at sort of leading indicators and, and you know, sort of uh, obviously, I guess, how, how well trained your, your uh, employees are? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's no secret that a, a well-trained employee is a, is a happier, healthier, uh, more informed employee. Um, so I think that the training or the you know training data um, and the reports, the completion metrics, the um, um, you know can certainly be a, a leading indicator of um, problem areas within an organization. So you know if it's if it's not um, a requirement or communicated from leadership down that the training is essential, that it's important that, you know, we have um, re refreshers for our, our individuals and, and we're, we are um, uh, uh, rehashing on a regular basis what, what uh, those training programs are communicating. Um, I think that it could be definitely a indicator of, you know, uh, of a problem. Um, if, if we're, you know, getting complacent about um, the, our, our jobs, our tasks, because it's something that we, you know, clock in, we clock out, it's the same um, uh, project or, or task every day, um, that's when, you know, issues are more likely to happen. Um, um, so measuring performance, measuring training completion is certainly a leading indicator. I mean, I think the example that I gave of of the customer that um, you know that they're just measuring their participation in in a question of the day. Sometimes um, you know something that takes a long time can be um, can be uh, a, a barrier to participation. So focus on those small wins. Um, you know, and, and as long as you know we're giving them something that um, only takes a second out of their day to participate in. If we can't even do that, then we probably have a larger problem, um, and it's probably something that needs to be focused from the top down um, um, and can be an indicator of, you know, if, if we're not encouraging people and even mandating um, that safety is, is, is part of your responsibility, um, that can lead to issues down the road. And the training itself, is that kind of done or should that be done continuously as opposed to, you know, at a certain date or, or, you know, period, uh, every year, like how, how do you sort of, uh, you know, kind of schedule that training out? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously there's, um, 
there's, you know, training that's required for compliance mm -hmm. required, you know, standards. And, you know, we have to complete certain topics on a regularly scheduled basis. But if, if that's our minimum, um, you know, that's, that's what we call the, the reactive approach to a safety program. If you're not, you know, calculating and analyzing the effectiveness of that training, um, you know, then you're just going to be that. You're going to be stuck in that reactive mode. When we migrate to this, like, more proactive or even predictive mode, that's when we, we want to analyze and learn more um, that the data can tell us. So, um, you know, doing continual um, um, knowledge assessments, and it could be through quick micro-trainings and, and refreshers. Um, and we can use our training to focus on topics um, that our lagging indicators inform us. So maybe our lagging indicators inform us that, you know, we've had a lot of um, accidents related to auto collisions from our from our vehicles that are out in the field. Well, maybe we want to um, uh, focus on additional training on safe driving. And um, we do micro learning about safe driving. Well, our, um, our, measurements of the outcomes of the, that training can teach us a lot. Maybe maybe 80% of our employees got an answer wrong on a particular topic. And maybe it was, you know, maybe it was when to use the turn signals or how to, you know, properly back um, a, a vehicle into a loading dock. Um, that will help us pinpoint those safety efforts so that we can um, speak specifically to those lagging indicators um, and what they've told us and, and how to drive those down. So using those leading indicators to drive those specific lagging indicators down. And you're seeing folks uh, being a little more proactive about, about using that data and, and kind of making those data-driven decisions? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. So, um, you know, especially with, with our organization, our tool provides um, um, the, the, the training mechanisms for those um, or those uh, kind of short um, micro learning experiences um, that can be tailored to an organization. I think that's most important. It can't be something that is that is canned and is so general. It has to be specific to an organization for it to be relevant um, for for your organization to really um, see the value and of the safety program and recognize that okay. Um, these 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 processes and these um, um, uh, these trainings and the message that is being delivered um, it, it matters to me. It's something that um, impacts my day to day. Um, it's referencing the the tasks and the tools that I use, um, and it's something that I can remember. Um, so it's it's those those bite sized um, sort of uh, um, tools that we use to analyze comprehension um, that tell us a story of, of, you know, where we might have a concern, where we might need to improve processes or communication um, or just the program overall. Well, Jade, I want to thank you for breaking all that down for me. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Jay. All right. Good to be here. That wraps up episode 101 of EHS on Tap. Thanks again to KPA for sponsoring this episode. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. 
You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time. Thank you.